0: The last one standing, two hands in the air. I'm a champion. You'll be looking up at me when it's over. I live for the battle. I'm a soldier. Yeah, I'm a fighter like Rocky. Put your flag on your back like Ali. Yeah, I'm the greatest. I'm stronger. Bet my dues can lose. i my own. Ya.
1: yeah Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Supercatcher Sider. My name is Ben. And I'm Squeeze. And thank you for joining us. This is the What Did Tom Stewart Do? Um, breaking all of our hearts. Swiz is very vocal about this matter, so you shut up, Swiz. We'll get to you later. Um, Chris is dealing with parental problems. Sorry for the late release. I have been ill for a couple of days. Pretty much just trying to get this out there, get some thoughts on the whole Tom Stewart um, scenario and – getting all the thoughts and trying to help you kind of navigate the way through a fairly tricky part of the season. Before we move on though, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, you name it. And on the YouTube, just search for us, Supercoach Insider on YouTube. Like, subscribe, and keep up that wonderful, wonderful love that you've been giving. Swizz, how are you today?
0: Man, I'm like you. I'm on my bloody deathbed. I'm here with my hoodie. The wife's made me a tea. So, yeah, we're in the recovery stage, but a cup of I'm tea. Like
1: a cup of tea, yes. And uh, so. my my horrible patchy mustache yes. is brought to
0: you by Chris. It's, it's friggin' awesome. That's great.
1: It's it's a one weeker. It's uh, fresh off the press. If uh, if you aren't if you are interested in doing a comparison, I might have to do a little side by side photo comparison. Here. Well, I um, think
0: mate, we've, we've both got into the mood because you you've gotten the Melbourne top after they smoked your uh, blinds last week, and I've got my hoodie with dogs all over it. So is that a sign that the uh, doggies are going to do the job tomorrow night?
1: Uh, no, it's not a sign. Doggies are going to lose. Um, you know why? Because Lockie Hunter's back into the team. So <laughs> uh, the old Seagull, there won't be much Seagulling at the Gabba, but uh, it will be an absolutely cracking match. This is the Demons. Um, I had this, I think, a couple of years ago, a mate of mine. Um, lost a whole pile of weight and he gave me his Demons jacket. So I was like, boom, wearing it around school. I, I do like the Ds. I was barracking for them last year. Obviously, when they weren't playing the Lions. So the Lions are are through and through. But I thought, look, you know, in good spirit to to my friend Neil, shout out Neil, I'm going to wear the D's uh, jumper for this podcast today. So that's pretty much where we sit. Uh, Also, our sponsors as well. So brought to you by splashvodka.com.au. And um, I'm going to be giving some love. I think Swizz, yours should be on the way. I might check on the tracking on that. And also manscaped.com as well. Um, get on amongst it and support those that support us, uh, as always. Now, it's Tom Stewart, mate. Now, when I first <laughs> saw it, I was like, there was he was, it was one step past the, you know, he took one step, arm was tucked, and just pretty much slowly ran through Prestia. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe there's not too much there. I mean, come on, he couldn't really avoid it. This, that, and the other. Trying to be biased, uh, Stewart owner as I am, obviously not a, a Richmond supporter. Uh, And then when Chris Scott came after, yeah, after the match and said, oh, oh," you know, Stuart said, oh, I did a bad thing. I chose to bump. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he is totally fucked. (laughs) So once you make that admission, I was like, okay, here we go. I thought three weeks would have been deserving, but four is where it sits. Um, That's where it is. So we're in a, a predicament because four weeks you have to
0: trade, am I right? Uh, you are, yeah. No, mate, it happened not far from me. I think security, there was probably 10 security hanging off me not to jump right. the fence and chase right Stuart <laughs> around the ground. Um, Yeah, mate, It was. it is what it is, unfortunately. probably cost us the game, but four weeks, I think that's probably on the money. I've been pretty vocal about my um thoughts about how the tribunal system should work, and it, he probably should be playing this week, but should be missing future home and away games against Richmond, but... That's for another day, I guess. And I don't know a few people shared. Right, so they can views. try and I, get the
1: advantage that well, way? Well,
0: uh, you know what? I, you know, I'm, not a, I'm not with Cornsey on the red card. I don't think that works. But I think for stuff like, yeah, it should be, all it does is advantage the teams they're playing this week and that week. And, the, and you know, now Richmond are out without Prestia. And, and this is not just a Richmond thing, but you think Gaff on Brayshaw or, you know, Hall and Staker or, or, you know, whatever, whatever situation you want to put up. Um, where yeah, clubs clearly get disadvantaged because then they miss their players for a couple of weeks and then you get nothing, you know, in return for it. So that, that's always been my theory on it. And that's interesting, but your theory is kind of shit. Now I'll tell you what,
1: <laughs> um, what if they, you know, say it's a four-game suspension yep. and they retire at the end yeah. of this year? There's no I do way they're have playing. A on that, mate. There's no way they're going to play four. Now, what if you split it down the middle and say, right, it's a four-game suspension. You're going to do two now, and then you're going to miss the next two games against Richmond.
0: Yeah, my mate. And Nelson, if it's
1: in a if it's in a final or a grand final, then tough tits because you cost us a game early, and yeah, yeah, you're going to have to cop the f- consequences.
0: F- friend of the show, Nelson Moody, he put that out there and said, yeah, it should be. Say if it's two, that's one and one. If it's four, whatever. If it's an odd number like three, and then it's the a two and one. Uh, yeah, two and one or one or two, depending on how you want to do it. Uh, and my thing about the retirement thing: if you retire, then it becomes a financial compensation, and that's a uh, there, there's an amount of money that goes towards it because you haven't fulfilled your uh, your suspension. And that's a uh, that's just my theory around it, and that I know that's got a bit of love. That everyone's different, but I think there's some merit in that.
1: Yeah. And not uh, and not
0: Zachy Merrick's. Yeah, not no, not Zachy Merrick.
1: More like his more like his um unpopular brother. <laughs> the other Merrick. so much so no one even remembers I was gonna say no one remembers <laughs> his name, right? Jackson, okay,
0: there you go. <laughs> oh, because I, my wife's a passionate bombers person, so I do know that one, but yes.
1: And speaking of which, do you want to disclose what might be happening next week, Suze, or what is
0: happening? No, 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 not at all. Let's not talk about no, it. let's yet. not let's no, not no, let the let's, cat let's, out of the bag okay, right. mate. Surprise right. the listeners. All right. My bad. My well, might to edit this one out. For... <laughs> no, nah, you're good, mate. You're good. Let's, call... <laughs> Let's, Let's talk... talk. Let's do to... it. We'll get straight into it, mate.
1: Okay. So now this is going to be really dependent on the position you find yourself in. Now, there's a couple of different scenarios, and it really is team by team dependent. Now, I've, I've heard a few people tossing up, um, you know, like going one, like going a rookie down to then free up cash. You can then upgrade Stuart to a Dawson which is two trades, um, if you have, you know, six to eight trades, then I'm like, okay, well, yeah, maybe that's not a bad idea. But generally this time of year, you're really trying to maximize um, trade value and burning a trade just to upgrade that extra 30K isn't really going to be trade value. The only benefit is I guess it does free up a little bit of cash for the next injury you might have. Uh, but again, it's I'd only be doing that if I had six to eight trades. And that's the only way I'd sort of be considering that. If I had five or four, uh, I'm trying to sort of look at a one trade scenario. If you have cash in the bank, it's an easy, easy situation. Otherwise, you can sort of look at different combinations of making the best of a bad situation. So what I mean by that is if, say, Hobbs is your F6, is there a way that you can turn Stewart's injury into two premiums and finish your team? That's where all the strategy sort of comes in. Um, and it kind of then goes, okay, well, I've got an injury, but what I can do now is I can go, you know, Stuart and Hobbs to a, um, you know, a, a defender, you know, a, and a premium for Hobbs, um, and that kind of scenario or roses or um, Joel Jeffrey or all the, you know, some of these other players that aren't playing at the moment to really sort of secure up your side or even possibly, which I have toyed with Swiss, um, getting a loophole. Cause at the moment Hobbs for me is my F seven. He's playing for English. And I'm like, is it worth me burning a trade for a bit of that swing action yeah. uh, or do I just get best available? What are your thoughts um, based on everything that's just been said?
0: Yeah. Well, mate, firstly, you know, we love all our fans out there, but for those who have been messaging me with more than 10 trades and two boosts and that, go get fucked. I don't want to hear from you. Um, <laughs> but for most people in the real world who have sort of six, eight trades for like probably us and that it's, yeah, it does become very dependent on what you want to do. Um, I'm in that very much that situation with Roses and what can I do with him? And if they have
1: 10 trades and two boosts, they must be going for league. There is no oh, way anyone's inside will. the top that's thousand. That's right.
0: That's why I don't want to um, hear. And
1: yeah. if if that's you, then you're holding Stuart anyway. <laughs> anyway and you well, might as we well could,
0: just... You may as well upgrade. If that is you in that situation, that it's a simple thing. You upgrade around, downgrade a couple of those rookies, get the cash and go out and get... You might not even worry about Stephen May. You probably could go up and get somebody more expensive and just use as a cover and then you'll be laughing come finals time if you're in that position. But for those people who especially have been playing for overall and the trades have been going, um, yeah, the decision becomes a bit tighter. So if someone like myself were four trades, it does become very um, dependent on what I do on you know the injury risk versus the scoring potential. Um, And that's where like your likes of your Aaron Halls become more riskier than some some of the other options we'll talk about. And it all comes down to if I spend up on a higher um, defender, it limits my option for a loophole player for Rosas, where like we, I know we were doing some maths around it before and go, okay, if it was a Vloston, it allows me to get like a Duncan or Heaney. So that balances out where if I go up and get Dawson, all of a sudden, yeah, I can't get much for Rosas. Um, there's also the thought for me that do I go out and get say a Darcy type or a Goldstein or someone to shore up my rucks. Um, and then Darcy Cameron goes back into the forward line. It gives me some flexibility there and gives me that seventh forward that I can sort of play around with. And then how much cash does that now leave me to the defender? Um, not as much. Uh, So yeah, there's a bit of a gamble with all this, um, and playing around, obviously the, the points on field are important, but we've only, that'll leave me only with two trades and I know a few people in this position would only have two or three trades left, that loophole becomes very important because the one-week injuries you don't worry about because you've got that loophole option to cover it. So, yeah, it's a bit of a cat and mouse situation of how we're going to play play around with this and and what's the most reliable option.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And that way, if you do have a loophole player, then you're kind of looking for yeah, you know, a, a three or four week injury or a suspension that you're kind of using those last couple of trades on and just hoping for a bit of luck. And even if that luck runs out, then you're still hoping to use those rookies or your swing player to kind of finish the year for you anyway. So it's not the worst scenario. Um, if you have a couple of little one-weekers and that person is pretty much, you know, that swing player has just saved you a trade. Um, the only downside is if you don't have any injuries, then you've pretty much just used that player uh, and you just sort of use a little bit of loophole so it is definitely a cross situation there now. Sparking um, this conversation with starting at number one for me now. Yep. Um, obviously, Tom Ship was the number one averaging defender. So Sicily uh, has been a little bit off lately, but I do like him uh, a little bit more expensive if I have cash to go to him. The only downside is is that Sicily is forty eight percent owned, so he is very 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 highly owned. If you want to negate a matchup. If you're in the top sort of you know thousand, a lot of people already have Sicily anyway, so you might want to try and bank against him. Um, Jordan Dawson is a one for me, Swizz. He's five hundred ninety-three thousand. So what's he going to cost you? He's going to cost. Uh, uh, I think 30, it's about thirty-one. Yeah, just short. So oh no, yeah, just thirty-one thousand. So it is definitely a little bit of bank. Um, again, if I didn't have the money, I wouldn't be burning two trades just to get him in. He had an absolute heater. We we're talking about this just before off the air. Um, you know, West Coast, Gold Coast, and North. He went one hundred six, one hundred 134. Had been pretty good before then. You know, with you know quite a lot of uh, low hundreds. So one hundred four, one hundred six, one hundred seven. Went big against the Saints. Went big against Carlton. But pretty much has been hovering for well the start of the year was around that sort of ninety to one hundred mark. Uh, with a one hundred twenty thrown in, has really gone well in the back end of the year. Next up, they have Melbourne. So I think that'll probably be a little bit of a harder matchup for him there. Uh, Hawks and Collingwood. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, But the good thing for Adelaide owners would be that West Coast and North Melbourne are 21 and 22, which is pretty much right in the middle of that finals period if you are playing for leagues. Um, So I don't mind it. I think at least, what have we got, nine rounds to go? Uh, Eight rounds to go, I think out of at least sort of a couple of those, he should go pretty big and still hold a fairly good average. Um, I wouldn't be taking him expecting his last five game average to be holding up for the rest of the year though, Swizz.
0: Yes, uh, for sure. And because obviously those, those games, but saying that he still has one, two, three, four, four, uh, what's that? Two, four, five at Adelaide Oval and his lowest score at the Adelaide Oval this year is 94. Uh, so even James. though they're playing the D's and the Blues there. And the Blues are all in the year. He actually went really well at Marvel. But yeah, he's got a you know, he seems to enjoy playing out there in the wing at at Adelaide and um getting around the ball. And obviously ever since Rory Sloan went down injured, um, you know, there's that there's more points to be had. Matt Crouch is finding himself in and out of that side, so that's somebody who's not taking thirty handballs each week. Um, which so it's he he's got all the scoring potential there. And as you said, a lot of people are gonna jump on him. Um, again it becomes that situation where first of all, your cash situation so somebody like me I can can do that um and kind of makes a bit of sense but at the same time where are you guys ranked or what are you playing for if you're playing for overall and again if you are further behind the chain and you're back at like 10,000 maybe you want a pod to and hope Dawson doesn't score as well or maybe you can get creative that way um And, but if you're up around the, you know, sort of up in the higher rankings and everyone else is going to jump on Dawson, well, you may as well hold firm with them and, and jump on as well. So yeah, I really like him as a pick. I wanted him back earlier, but the sort of the buy structure meant, um, I went in another direction, but yeah, he's been absolutely fine. And he, and he came home like a, um, a house on fire last year when he was playing for the Swannies. Yeah,
1: he did. He's pretty much the number one option for me. Um, I'm just working our way down through the averages and then we'll sort of pick apart some value. Um, Jack Sinclair for me, I'd probably pass on. his 577000 33% owned, so already a lot invested in him. With uh, was it Hunter Clark and Steele coming back into that side, it's no surprise that he he pumped out a 79 just gone. Look, I still think he's a, he's a pretty good option, but I think as far as value goes, there's a whole bunch of people already on him. We've already seen a little bit of a downturn in um, his output. So it's going to be interesting for me. Um, he, the reason
0: for that, actually, he's been tagged the last couple of games. Good. Yeah. Good. Which is not as good a non-owner, get on him. Yeah, as, a, um, as an owner, it's frustrated me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, but on the plus side, though, he's only had three scores in the 80s, or well, a 79, an 83, and an 85. Otherwise, but he's been tailing up 100 after 100. So, um, and They've yeah, been I mean,
0: putrid the last couple of weeks, the Saints. Oh, they, have, they have absolutely been terrible. So, and they the have not the easiest come?
1: draw, though. Carlton, Freeman, oh, they've got a tough draw. the dogs. And then yeah. West Coast and Hawks will be easier. And then Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney. So Yeah, they've um, got a really tough
0: draw. Saints are done, put a fork in them. I said that actually six weeks ago when they were flying. Yeah, Saints and,
1: Saints and North. Yeah. I mean, um, and Saints and, uh, and um Western Bulldogs, should I say. They have a tough run as well. Yeah. Um, Okay, now, Houston's the next one, 535,000. He's actually the seventh highest averaging defender um, on an absolute heater. But, again, Port Adelaide also have a pretty tough run. Fremantle, GWS, Melbourne, Geelong, Collingwood, Richmond, and then Essendon, Adelaide to finish. Um, He's very much an up-and-down player, Houston. He has a high ceiling, which we've spoken about a long time. But, again, just round 14, he, he got a 76 against Sydney. Um, He just drops these real low scores and he's, you know, he'll average a hundred for the rest of the year. I, I still believe that, but just expect those fluctuations as to uh, his scoring. Um, Swizz, what do you think on Houston? Is he tempting there's, there's for you no, or is it?
0: There's no actual, you know, form line for him. Like he's gone massive against a couple of tough opponents. He went 139 against Geelong and 144 against the Lions, both away games. And then he, like, throws out an 86 against North. Um, but at the same time, like, he scored 120 against the Bombers. So th- there's no sort of working out, how is he going to play and that? And sometimes that's because of the way Port play. You know, Boke some weeks lines up more forward, or if he's there, he's sometimes in the midfield. Rosie butters and their availability and where they're playing. Do they go more through Amon on the other wing? Does Houston push back? And There's just so many question marks about how they play their team. i like, even like you look at the rising star this week, uh, Lucky Jones. He's pushed more forward for uh, at the moment, and that. So yeah, they they do have the ability to switch players around to that. And as you said, he'll average a hundred because he'll have games where he'll go one thirty. But the seventies are the things that are going to be killers, and I just don't want anything to do with him.
1: When teams let Houston run yeah. forward of center without much attention port look for him and he is damaging when he impacts a scoreboard when he floats forward of center and kicks goals his scores are huge now i'm thinking if an opponent actually runs with him and you know tries to actually negate him in a, in a sense like as in a true fashioned opponent where you actually kind of hey let's stick with our opponent maybe just for a second um then he's more you know someone's more accountable for him so they have to kind of look for other other avenues uh, and I think that's probably where the fluctuation goes. If you don't pay him any attention, Houston will absolutely hurt you uh, 100%. Now, speaking of hurts, this guy has been hamstrung twice this year. Aaron Hall, 508,000. The Temptation Master. Now, this is someone just before the week gone, because I think they played after Geelong, didn't they? So I was, I was already toying up and I was saying, hey, like Aaron Hall is going to be cheap. He had a high break even. Um, I was contemplating this before he went big and now it's kind of hurt me. Yeah. So it was definitely after the game. It was on the Sunday. So it was after the game. So I was already toying up Aaron Hall. Once he went down, I was like, Oh, Aaron Hall could be cheap. Aaron Hall has the potential. He's already eighth on average. He has the potential to be a top six averaging defender by the end of the year. Um, His value at 508,000. I was hoping he'd gone. He was going to be like 490 K. Um, breaks at a 153, most meters gained in a game ever. Absolutely ridiculous. was like on track for 40 disposals at one point. Um, (laughs) Just ridiculous. Now, everyone knows how much I hate Aaron Hall, but as far as value goes and potential output, I think he is number one as far as price points and average um, on my books, but it comes with risk swizz.
0: Oh, the risk is huge. He's already been in my side and been kicked out of my side once this year, and that. Oh, see, and that's, now
1: you're you're getting personal now, whereas I don't have any bias towards.
0: Yeah, see, so you don't where I do because I watched him score that seventy-one and in a half against the doggies, and that's his ability. He can come out and score one hundred and fifty against anyone any given week. He the way he calls for the ball when he's in the wrong position is like we used Second to think. None. Well, yeah, well, we used to think Jake's um Lloyd was just the ultimate seagull. This guy is next level. So he will score, no doubt about it. It's just how long does his body last? If he plays all eight rounds, he is the number one defender on the round home. Easy. He'll outdo Dawson. No problems in that. Like he'll see so much ball in that North Melbourne back line. Would not surprise me he racks up thirty possessions every week, kicks the ball, takes kick ins. Like, fantastic. There's another world where Hall this week does a hammy in the second quarter and he scores forty in you're stuffed. And that and that is the entire thing with Aaron Hall, and we cannot predict when that hammy's going to come, and he might get through all that games. But he's already had two soft tissue injuries this year. Doesn't surprise me if he, and you were talking about this before off-air, Benny, gets that confidence. He keeps running around and that, and it just one week it, it pings. And they've got a couple away games. Like, you know, they've got to go back down to Tassie. They've got to go to Adelaide. You know, you get on the plane, especially like cold Tassie day, there's always that chance that it goes. So I I want to do it. I really want to do it. But at the same time, I'm like, if he go, goes, I've got nowhere to go.
1: Yeah, it's definitely true. Um, he He tempts me for a lot of reasons based on the fact that I do think he could have the highest output. But again, it's eight games. Can he make eight games? Because to start this year, um, what do he go? He went five. So he did a, a hamstring in the preseason, played five games, got injured in the fifth. Do you know what I mean? So it's, you know, he went 129, 123 to start, 70, 97, injured on 71. Um, and that 70 against the Lions, I remember that. He butchered everything left, front and center.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but, it's painful to watch that night. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's I, all that. And I and want like- him.
1: I want him based on what I could possibly get for him. But again, it is that situation where if you are only having four trades left, it is a huge risk, especially if you've got, say, a cover in your forward line. It's less risky if if you've got good cover. Now, I wouldn't be relying on where in my defensive line to cover me for the rest of the year because he might not play on any given week. It's a rookie. Do you know what I mean? He's not guaranteed to be playing. Uh, even though it looks like it's his for now. So I wouldn't be guaranteeing that cover. And with only a few trades left, do you really want to risk Aaron Hall playing eight more rounds? So that's 10 rounds total um, injury-free.
0: Yep. If you've got eight trades, he's your number one trade our option. Go out and get him because doesn't matter because you've got another, you've got a trade up your sleeve. I think
1: even if you've out. got like six and, and if you are just using one this week to have five left after Hall, I think that yep. would be okay.
0: Like um, last year was his best year and he still played missed two games the year before he's played 15. And then before that we had the six and six, like this guy is as injury prone as they get. But when he's on oh, the field and in this role, in this role, yeah, he scores great. And we know and there's how quite bad. A lot jump,
1: there's, there's quite a lot jumping on as well. Dawson's the first one, 3000 people have jumped on already. Um, Hall, Stuart to Hall, 1700 people. So pretty much half the amount, two and a half percent. The other, benefit is is that hall is only 1.7% owned for now. So there's a huge yeah, job, now. Mate. Yeah, it'll go. Uh, hall and um, I'm surprised Lloyd's not on this list as well. Uh, it looks <laughs> as though most people, there's quite a lot of people trading Stuart, some to Sicily, some to Houston, uh, some are then getting tricky and, and uh, 500 people doing t- you know, Stuart to steal. I think that's a great buy for actually making money, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, if you have that flexibility then yeah that's the smartest idea you could ever do uh and Bontempelli as well is only a little bit more so i've seen 700 people doing that as well so if you do have flexibility in your in your team then i think Bontempelli i think Jack Steele are huge value if you don't have them um get amongst it from there um let's move on to the next option now Bailey Dale 104.8 average now when you've got a couple of injuries so Caleb Daniels out um oh, is Edwards uh, also uh, Ed out Richards. as well? Ed Richards, yep. sorry. I was, I was going to say the redhead, but I didn't yeah. want to be insincere. Um, <laughs> the ginger. So ginger. Dale's going to be pretty much their key guy this week. For better or for worse, uh, only 4.6% owned, so extremely um, potalicious. He's 535000 so you could bank yourself a little bit of coin there. Um, what do you think on sort of Dale after this point?
0: I love him as the most reliable option. He's practically the same price he started. He just comes out and gets his, like, what's the average in one hundred and four for the year, and that's what he does. Like one and one ten, he had the eighty seven before that. The one thirteen, one eleven, ninety four, one thirteen. It's just like it's super consistent. He he doesn't, you know, he's like the standard deviation of his lowest score to his highest score. He doesn't come out and get the one twenties, one thirties. He actually his highest score for the year is one twenty one. And then next is 116. But then his lowest score for the year is 86. Like you just know what you're getting with him. So if you kind of just want a vanilla player where well, you know you're getting probably 105 each week, it's going to play each week. Hopefully scores a bit more this week with their two injuries. But um, yeah, he's he's as bankable as anyone.
1: His price point's beautiful because he started at 518,000, dropped I think it was around four, so that first sort of drop there, um, five hundred and seven thousand, and he's just been hovering between, like, and just going up slowly but steadily. Yeah. Got up to about five forty-three, back down to five thirty-five. So the reason why stability at this point in time, if you've only got sort of a few trades left, right now, Aaron Hall has a huge ceiling. He yes, he might go up in cash, which it looks like he will because he has a low break-even. But if he gets injured mid-game, all of a sudden that price cash just drops, and all of a sudden you might be really stuck. He might drop your cash and then trying to find somebody that you can afford. Now, Dale, he's so consistent that if something does happen to him, his price is going to be the same, and at least you'll be able to spend what you sort of paid for him to sort of get another player um, if something happens. Now, obviously, if someone gets injured in the first quarter, that kind of screws everything up, but... Um, generally speaking, you know what you're buying, you know what you're paying for. Uh, Hell, why not just have one more dogs player
0: in your team, With (laughs) Why not?
1: (laughs) Why not? They're all going well. Um, Yeah, so outside of that, what are you thinking? Well,
0: I'll talk to you about somebody at the same price, practically the same price as Bailey there. And that's um, Adam Sard from Carlton. If you want a real left field option, so from round 10, he's gone 112, 108, 109, 122, 109. And even before that, he still had one, two, three, four scores um, over a hundred, which three of them were over a hundred and twenty-five. Um, that Carlton backline's been decimated, but that probably has helped him more than anything. Runs around, gets no attention. Uh, you know they've obviously got Dockerty, and then all the midfielders in there that you know take all the attention. So yeah, he just can run off halfback all day and just do his thing. So yeah, if you want somebody who's a pod who has. What's what's he in five percent of teams? Scores yeah, really many. well. Carlton have continued to score really well. They're obviously, you know, trying to get into that top four and even top two. Um, they do have a couple of tough games in there with Geelong, Brisbane and Melbourne, but I don't think that really worries Saad. Like they played free on the weekend, they destroyed them. Um he, you know, he he just he's as consistent as they get. And they still do have to play like your St Kilda West Coast, Adelaide on the run home too, so yeah, I don't mind that as well, and that that's probably in a similar file um, similar situation as we just talked about Bailey there.
1: Yeah, and Zach Williams is still four to six away on the AFL website, so I'll just sort of have a look there. So, um, and even then, when Williams comes back in, it might be a little bit slow starting for him anyway to start. So, um, I don't, look, I don't mind that as a left field option. Let's talk about a few more left field options now. Um, there's a couple that you are want to interesting. Talk about your boy? Which one, Zorko or Rich?
0: Ah, no, Rich. Richie Zorko. Rich.
1: Um, Well, you know, hey, Zorko's back playing tomorrow night, so you never know. Um, 543,000. Now he's definitely spiked up again as far as his averages come along. He had hit a pretty low part, uh, I think it was about a month ago now. Now, he hasn't looked great, to be honest. I think maybe it was at 55 when he uh, copped a bit of a hit. Um, Outside of that game, though, what is it? Uh 117, 93, 127, had that 55. 119, 119, 135. So he is definitely still that extractor coming out of that back line. Um look, he's he's definitely not a bad price point. I just worry about old man Rich. Um, he looks to be laboring at times. They still give it to him, and I think he still does a lot of good stuff, but you know, I guess you could lock it in. I'm just not a hundred percent sold Swiss. I don't know. That sounds really bad to talk yeah, no, about my I get own it. player that um, way.
0: The, it's probably the age factor and I'm not worried about the role does that, does that week in week out. He's done it for so many years, kicks the ball beautifully. You know, he, he's, he's been such a great player and probably undervalued in Supercoach for such a long time just because we've always had other options and he's probably been that seventh, eighth, ninth defender, um, but yeah, he, you know, he can put out big scores when he wants to. Um, and yep. then even in the off games, you know, he, bar that one, obviously, as you said, injury, he, you know, he's still pretty consistent, but you know, do, do they rest him for a week? How does his body keep up as the se- season finishes off? Yeah, there is a couple concerns there. Like it's not a, it's not a terrible pick, but I'm probably more confident on Sard and Bailey Dell playing out the rest of the season than what I am rich. Yeah, I'd probably take,
1: um, and even then, Bailey Dale's actually cheaper than Rich, so yep. I'd probably be taking Bailey Dale over him. Um, also, he's averaging more than Rich, so uh, Rich has a, a high ceiling, so I don't, I don't mind it as far as league matchups go. Um, there's definitely a lot of consideration there. Um, another one is that we should talk about your boy, then, falling off from mine. Segway, the boy brothers. Um, Vloston. Now... It's been interesting. So Short's been going into the middle and absolutely hating life, averaging 90 over the last three, 93 over the last five. Typical Short fashion, just should have short that stock a long time ago. Um, Vlosten's kind of picked up the slack swizz.
0: Yeah, he definitely has. And that, unfortunately, just because sort of the injury and and kind of the bit of the role there, we haven't got as much data on Vlosten as some of those other players. But once he got into the side, back in from that injury at round five, he went 98, 155, 110, and then missed a week, 95, got absolutely slaughtered by the umpires against the Bombers with the 68. The Swans game wasn't a good game for him, 54, but then his picked back up, gone 96, twenty, one thirty. So, yeah, intercept marking, you know, takes the kick-ins. Uh, also, sometimes it's the, well, they usually look to him as the person to take the ball out of the half-back line. There was only probably, I think, may have been the third quarter I saw short down there. Um, but for most of the other, for the rest of it, it was just all for Austin. Um, so, yeah, it's got the right role. Richmond do have the right draw coming up too. West Coast Suns North, the next three, and then finish off of Port Hawthorne and Essendon. So there's p- plenty of ball for them, for Boston to, you know, intercept and then, you know, move on up. So as a 488 option... Uh, yeah, I think he could do a lot worse than Vlastin. We know he can go big on certain games, so um, yeah, it's just a worry. Does he put in another poor performance in one of those games? And that—that's always going to be the risk with some of these guys who are a bit cheaper. You know, they're cheap for a reason, and but you know, he's—he's he's got the ability to go on a run and continue that run of going. You know, hundreds, hundreds, and tens. Um, and while why I'm talking about our boys, uh, Liam Baker's the other one. Um, so he's benefited because he's been playing, uh, well, he's been a bit of a Mr. Fix-It. So down at half back, when we need him to go to the midfield, he goes there, especially with Cochin out at the moment. Uh, and then Prestia moving this week. I expect him to be um, pretty well full-time midfield this week. But yeah, since the Hawthorne game, which was round nine, he's gone ninety, one thirty four, eighty, one twelve, one hundred and one twenty six. 134, 112, uh, So he's right up there as one of the best defenders in the league. And the one good thing about Baker has over most of the other options, he's a defender forward. So for anybody who's got one of those rookies there who is a defender forward, um, it does give you a bit of flexibility. Um, Probably a really good one for those who have extra cash and in a position where they could actually keep Stewart. Like if you're, uh, for whatever reason, uh, got some rookies that you haven't traded out and you uh, you need like a loophole player that you could do defender forward, um, even maybe you're still carrying Paddy McCartan for whatever reason. Um, yeah, that could be an easy replacement there because he does open up some options for you. So, yeah, both Richmond boys with the draw they've got up are definitely good left field options.
1: All right. Speaking of left field options, let's what is it, get to the bottom of the barrel. Now, we're going to throw a few names out here. We're going to have a bit of a quick discussion. Cheap options: 463,000, Jake Lloyd, 463,000, Lockie Whitfield. And 438,000 Pendlebury, finishing off with 430,000 Dane Zorko. Now, what's funny is that Nick Dacos is actually more expensive than Pendlebury at this current point in time. Um, Swiz, how do you rate those for one, two, three, and four um, based on the run home?
0: What, no Luke Ryan in there? Shout out to Chris. He's too expensive. 480, (laughs) I think. No Luke Uh, Ryan. uh, Jake Lloyd, as great as he was last week. Uh, that was because of McInerney being out, uh, so I'm no, we assume like, so.
1: That's pretty much the well, anomaly that's factor. What, that's
0: it because, and it's because it's just this left field, one forty eight from nowhere, um, and St Kilda just gave him no attention. But the week before, Lloyd had forty two. So have I seen enough to go? Yep, like he, he was starting to trend better, um, but he still was having scores in the eighties. Three out of five weeks were in the eighties there. So it's like. He's Not terrible, but I don't. I would rather have seen him go sort of 80s, the 90s, than 100 than just come out and go 42 than a 148. Just doesn't, uh, you know, fill me with it, fill me with any confidence with him. Uh, Lockie Whitfield is dead to me, but I can see him being a good option. You know, the last three weeks, the 118, 101, 103. Is McVeigh going to continue to play it like that? That's always the question. Ah. Uh, I just don't know if I can trust him and uh, that's, that's my only issue. Like uh, he's probably the one that tempts me the most, but I get burnt by him every time and I'm just worried he's going to frigging burn me again. Um, they don't have the easiest draw either after Hawthorne, you know, poured away about the Lions, the blues, the Swannies, uh, they got the dogs and Freo to finish. So, you know, does he, you know, there's not as much pie to go around. Uh, who are your other two? The uh, Pendles, um, Pendles is interesting because yeah, he had the one thirty. before that he was really struggling. He had the 73, 62, 75 and 67. So that's a real worry there. They do have a good draw, the pies, you know, Sons, North Adelaide, Essendon, um, which is going to be hard for us because they've won five in a row. That's nine in a row. And we've got to listen to Chris fucking crap on about the pies for the next four weeks. And you would think Pendles would still be around that ball, um, picking up those points, but, They do have a lot of good players, you know, Crisp and Lipinski, Adams. How much ball do they rely on him? And you just look at actually the development of Dacos. He's been absolutely fantastic. So Pendles earlier in the season against those teams actually went really well um, and has probably struggled more against the harder teams. Like those three of those really low scores were against Freo, Carlton and Melbourne. Yet early in the year against Essendon, it was a 109, Suns 115, um, and who else to say they were playing Adelaide, which was a one hundred and five. So against the less lesser teams, he's uh, yeah, he has actually has done well. So that could be a better option, and probably my maybe I rank him number one of those options. And who was the fourth mate? Zorko. and Zorko. yeah, mate, fresh off an better. injury. Yeah, yeah, that's the problem. It's just the injury concern for me. If he's if he was fit and firing, I'd probably have no problems, but. I'm a little concerned he might be really ready to go and finish really strong, but can he repeat and do it what 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 he's done so many times in the past? I'm not filled with a huge amount of confidence. Um though in saying that I've probably got more confidence about him going into the midfield and actually doing a more of a role um in these important games than I am Jake Lloyd, you know, with his C going down the back line. So let's go. um yeah, we'll go, we'll go Pendles one just because of their draw. Two Whitfield, three Zorko, four Lloyd.
1: Interesting. So I'm just trying to have a look. Now, Coleman came into the side in round six. And from that point, Zorko has definitely averaged more after that round six. Now, we know he still had some of that plantar fascia and the rest of it. Um, Round seven, Zorko 120. Round eight, 123. Round nine, 103. Round 10, 84. GWS got a 37. I'm not quite sure whether it was just a bad game. Um, can't remember. Uh, Fremantle, 103, injured round 13 on a 53. So um, that's the reason why he's priced cheaper is because of that 37 and the 53. I don't mind it because as soon as you know, Coleman sort of came back in, he hasn't done too bad. Now, Zorko's average is definitely impacted by the times he's been subbed off and injured. So I think it was a 26, a 52, uh, a 73. I can't remember which ones are those. He's He's been subbed out of the game at least a few times this year uh, with injuries. One, a hamstring and two, plantar fascias, I believe, uh, related injuries. Now, my only concern is that because they look to be top four, they're going to take no risks at all. If it looks like he's a little bit tight or whatever have you, they'll boom, put him on ice. He's the captain. He's an impact player and they'll make sure he's cherry ripe for finals. Um, you're kind of looking at part of the logic is that teams that are sort of vying for that you know, fifth to eighth or just outside the eighth and a chance of still making finals um, and trying to, or trying to push into that top four because they still have a lot to play for. Now, Western Bulldogs, if they start to lose the next few games, all of a sudden the finals are out of contention Maybe Bontepelli's AC joint, now they're like, oh, maybe he needs minor, minor surgery. Let's just put him on ice and we'll unofficially tank. Um, I still think they keep the captain, but you know that's where things start to come in. That's where they start to look at player management and go, well, we're not making finals now, mate, so we might as well fix you up. We might as well fix you up and make sure that you're ready for the preseason to attack next year. So there's no point limping along to the finish line. Um, for your best players, you might as well get them cherry ripe swizz. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And that's why I was probably more bigger on my boys, than the Richmond boys, because we've got winnable games there, but we're still fighting for the eight. Um And we haven't kind of mentioned those other players like your Brayshaw's, Shores, your Blitzarves, um, players who are quite decent in their role, but you expect Melbourne and Geelong to be probably top four, especially more Geelong than Melbourne always have that ability to rest players coming home in the season and that is always my worry of the cats as good as a possible option as Blissarves is um, but that's where yeah as you said Zulko and some of those older players if they have that um, opportunity to rest or put them or put in a more relaxed role especially in a game where they've sewn up um, pretty quickly um, it would not surprise me for Zulko to you know just go down the forward pocket and you know see out the rest of the game no need to risk you the here and that and that and that's always going to be the drama with those higher teams and I agree with you about like the dogs the saints it's the, it's the same thing like with their fixture like St Kilda get absolutely smashed by Carlton this week which isn't in, ra- in the range of outcomes you know their season could be done and um especially if other results go the other way so Then, what kind of happens with those sort of players? Do they start trialing different things? It's the same with the dogs. Do they go, okay, maybe we look at Ed Richards in that Bailey Dale role. Maybe we try some stuff if they can't make finals. You know, it's so there's always this time of year where we do see um, some players come out of the woodwork and we see other players, you know, especially the older ones put on ice and that. And that's where I was more positive on Pendlebury, um, especially more than like your Whitfield and Zorko. Um, because of that, also that reason, um, you know, Collingwood are trying to make not only make the eight, but see how high high they can finish. Pendles is still one of their best players, um, yep. and I think he's like, the type
1: to lift as well. Yeah, <clears throat> I exactly. think Pendles will lift in the back end of the year to really try and. You know, solidify their chances and lift to the occasion. Show yep. everyone how it's done. Like you know, hop on my back, boys. I'll show you how this is done. So, yep. um, I quite like him for that. I, I do like Zorko as far as that midfield forward. I think he can go a hundred, but again, that injury concern is there, same as it is for Hall. Um, I don't have enough trades to be taking those sort of risks. To be honest, um, if you have the trades and you want to point a difference, by all means, go nuts. Um. Yes, I think that's pretty much the Ooh. issue there. Whitfield again it's yeah, I'm reliant on, on his role. Benny,
0: Benny I am going to stop you there. Uh, this is just from Fab live. Um, uh, fresh injury scare for Crows tonight with star midfielder Rory Lair suddenly in doubt to face the reigning premiers Melbourne. No, that just comes straight through on our chat, mate.
1: Rory oh, Lair in doubt.
0: There you go, live on the pod. Thanks, fresh for Fab. Fresh injury scare.
1: Laird suddenly in doubt. Well,
0: with what? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, the only other don't bring me bad news, <laughs> Swizz. Don't
1: mess up my mojo. <laughs> that'll,
0: that'll stuff me around as well. Well, that and then that will I don't make even me, have, if leave this a, is a week. Then cover. I have to bring in my loophole person forosis, and it makes me da- think because that's the injury I would have to cover. That would um, the make one me other have one cover as well that I haven't. We haven't mentioned. Um, because we get asked all the time about friggin' Ridley. What's going on with Ridley? My wife sits there and goes, what? You know, why has he gone backwards and whatever? Um, but the one other part I don't get asked ask about a lot is Redmond, And Redmond has completely taken over that role now. Um, you only have to look at Redmond's scores. Like, you, you go from the Collingwood game, which is the Anzac Day. He's gone 108, 107, 91, the 71 against the Swans. Then 113, 99, 144, and 107. So he's the guy that's, you know they they probably more trust with the kick-ins, take some more of that, like Ridley's a better intercept marker, but Redmond can definitely hold his own with that. Um, but he he's definitely the person they go with to get that ball out of the back line. Um, and I think the change came last year when Ridley missed those couple of games and Redmond did so well in that role and they've kind of kept Redman, um doing the role that he's been doing. So Essendon see a lot of ball in their back line um, how they're yep. going. So it's Redman another... Redman has...
1: I, He's been a, a red volation.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, he has. At 525, I much prefer the other options, but it's more for those people asking, because oh, there's a lot of love for Ridley out there, and it's just a straight-out no for me, because those points go to Redmond. So I'd... um.
1: No, I agree. Yeah. And look, and people have floated up. Stephen May, I know Chris was big on Stephen May if uh, Stuart was looking to miss three weeks, uh, based on the fact that he had a low game. If you're playing for league, I don't mind it. Um. But his break even is 152, so you might as well even just wait a week if you can afford it. If you're playing for leagues, um, get you know a Stephen May for 370 or or whatever he could end up being. Um, I don't mind that as a play. If you needed some coverage, I'd wait a couple of weeks on that. Um, otherwise, I think that's pretty much about it. Suez, so we'll yep. look at captains. Um, what are you thinking for this week
0: overall? Uh, what do we got here for the games? Uh, well, your boys are playing tomorrow night, so that becomes Neil versus McRae. Um I'm pretty sure McCrae's. who would you really...
1: who would you be tipping?
0: You know what? I, I'm more on Neil, but I know what McCray's done to your boys. Yeah, like McCrae
1: last... and Bontempelli usually tail us up, and the only reason Bontempelli hasn't tailed us up lately is because he can't kick straight. Well, I think he's had like four four behinds or something previously. Um when we look Mc, at McCray's the lions last
0: three games against the Lions are one thirty seven, one eighty three, and one thirty five. Like he just, as you said, towels out. That's probably an understatement what he does. And Um, it goes
1: much, much deeper than that because his average against opponents is the highest out of any of the teams outside of Carlton. Yeah. He averages 134.5 points against us, averages 137.5 against Carlton.
0: Which is absolutely insane because those averages... Take in account their early games yep. when in their career, when you know, he was playing forward and would have probably put up a fifties and sixties. Just shows what how ridiculous he's gotten against the Lions. And Brisbane don't tag, so
1: McRae. I'm going McRae as my VC. Yep. Um. I think that's pretty well locked and loaded. Um. I otherwise I was looking at a Mills VC just because I think he did towel up Essendon earlier in the year. Um. Didn't he go like? He got 167 against Essendon previously, so I am considering Mills as a VC. Otherwise, I'm not sure I'd put the captain on Mills um, just for that factor. The
0: the and the other one I kind of want Clary, to do. and and this the this is the problem. I kind of don't want a vice captain McRae or Neil. I want a vice captain Clary because. What this guy does against Adelaide, like his projection this week's, what what is it like one ninety? Like, yeah, so stupid. he had the ninety three against them last time, but the two games before that, he went two oh four and two oh five. And my problem is, I feel like McRae's going one thirty one forty this week, and it's at that point where everyone who gets on McRae is going to have to lock him in because you can't not lock in a one thirty one forty, and over. Yeah, he just loves for just Adelaide, just no attention at all. And if he goes one of these massive games where he can go two hundred again, and that it's just going to kill so many people this week.
1: Interesting. Um, now if you're going Clary VC with, I'm assuming like a Hamilton or something as your loop, who would you be going as your
0: captain? Uh, then my, if... my my loops Tickle He's the been the perfect loop because oh well, yeah, I have as well. last game. Sorry, yeah. you're correct. So yeah. who would
1: be your captain then? Um, my captain
0: would probably be Tuke.
1: Okay. So captain that that's,
0: that becomes a bit of the way, or maybe Wits. Um, uh, so not as confident with Wits. Tooke's pretty reliable, but in saying that, there is some risk there. Like we have, we are blessed with options this week. Like the Blues playing St Kilda, the Brisbane um, Bulldogs game, they'll shake hands in the midfield and they'll just run around and do whatever they want. And as you said, yeah. Mules. He, he will absolutely smash it, and that's before even mentioning Geelong playing North Melbourne. And yep. I know, like Super Coach Mama Emily out there, I'm pretty sure she has Jeremy Cameron. Like those who brought him in would want the VC on him because he absolutely smoked them down in Tassie. Or smoke them this week,
1: or even VC on Clary, and then yeah,
0: and then you could you see how then, he goes. But then you're at the same time, are, are you risking like it's such? a Yeah, but a if, risk Clary, putting... if Clary
1: does so bad, then. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. well, what worse could you do? Well, that's right. Exactly. Right, so, And you'd,
0: you'd bank those just Geelong forwards, absolutely smashing, or even if you had a Guthrie or somebody like that. Um, so. so I was probably
1: going McRae into Clary, I think will be the most logical choice this week. Um, I was thinking about Callum Mills VC into a Clary, just in case he does go 160 to 200, because we know Mills can do that as a VC. I don't want to put a captaincy on him, um, just because of that, I, w- I would like a Clary. The other option I was thinking is going VC Clary, but then just putting it on, say, a, a Sean Darcy or someone at the end, if um, only if Lysette's not playing because um, it's rumoured he might be back. So if it's not Lysette playing, then I think Darcy could tail up as a backup yep. and hope that Clary just does well enough, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. That- I-, I
1: think it'd be stupid to not roll the dice on a Mills or a McCray, though. Yeah, and, and, and that's the hard bank, thing. And it's just bank just, the
0: points. You, yeah, bank them and that. That's It's just the danger of, like, like Clary, it, there's so many range of outcomes from him. He's the one that could go the double ton. He's done it twice against them. Now, it's so hard to get near that, but if anyone's going to do it, it's him. Mills could send to a double can, ton. Mills definitely could put up a decent score. I don't think he's got the double ton in him. He does. This. Well, he's done it before, he does. but I don't he's think. Done it. But I no. But I don't think he's got it in him this week, and that. But then in saying that, yeah, as you said, he did go one sixty seven last time. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe he's the VC. Uh, how quick? How far apart do they play? It's one after the other. No. no. So yeah, you'd have to be pretty close. Yeah, I play cricket on Saturday, so that that stuffs me because I usually can't get out and change it so quick. But otherwise, I yeah. think you
1: could go a lot worse than McRae. But oh, again, you're probably I, right. He's probably, good, 130. He's probably going one thirty. He's probably going yeah 130.
0: 140 and and that's a great score. But it's just if I feel like there's hurt factor coming this week for those who lock him in. Bless <laughs> you, mate. Because I'm
1: yeah, no, I feel you. Um, that's why I'm thinking at least Mills, I know I, I know if I'm going to take it or not. Yeah. Basically. Um, and then just roll the dice on Clary. Well, yeah, you wouldn't. Especially if yeah. Laird's not playing, then Clary becomes even more important I know, that's this week. I the think
0: there's more points not getting chewed up by Laird. Like, Laird's a 120 player. Yep. That's, so that's 120 taking out of the game. And let's just say Crouch comes in for Laird then. Like, Crouch is probably going 85 90. So already there's another 30 odd points freed up in a game which. You would expect the Ds, if if they play like they did against the Lions, they're getting 2,000 points of that Supercoach pie.
1: Yeah, I think that will be very impressive. Um, That's definitely things to note there. So whether you put the C on um, Clary or whether you put the VC on Clary, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know uh, if you agree or disagree with any of those decisions today. Who's your money on? Who are you trading out this week? Who are you bringing in? And that's it from us, everyone. Stay tuned for our team podcast as well so we do our weekly team reveal and we talk about our our teams and um quick little snippets uh i brought in henry last week and i broke him so yeah stay tuned for that one (laughs) um thank you for Swiss for joining us and um we'll catch everyone again next time
0: bye thanks guys